Okay, <laughs> thanks for that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly an honour and a blessing for me to come today. And, um, and yeah, such beautiful people, beautiful complex. It's just, it's just amazing. And, and, um, and I'm just so blessed to be here. And, and um, I'm just going to share a little bit about what I do. Obviously, um, riding rodeos and, and, um, and so... Uh, and what, what I do now, I obviously don't ride anymore, but, but what I do now is I, I run bull riding schools and bronc riding schools, mainly bull riding schools, up at our property at Kingaroy. And um, the main reasons I run these rodeos is because it's, these schools is it's a dangerous sport and you've got to, you've got to do it properly. And so, um, and, and my, my passion, I suppose, is twofold, and that is one that, um, you know, that people, if they want to do this sport, that they can do it as safe as possible. And, um, and the other thing is so that I can share the goodness of God in, through, the, through the schools. And, uh, and so the biggest thing um, that, that, that I do is, is give them knowledge. And there's only two reasons. Now, I'll run a real mini bull riding school, but there's only two reasons why you get hurt mainly riding bulls. Number one is, is um, no knowledge, not, not knowing when to let go. Some people don't let go. And you see them hanging up, hanging beside the bull and they haven't let go. And, I, and when they come back, I said, I'd say, um, did you let go? No, I forgot to. <laughs> you, want to you want to remember to next time, you know. And, um, or a person falls underneath it and, and, um, and gets walked on, jumped on. That's number one, is, is no knowledge about the sport. And people just go to the rodeos and enter and, and, um, and get hurt, number one. Number two is getting on stock that's too good. Bulls that are too way over the top for a, a person when they're riding. So, um, um, so we try to, try to um, bring that into the schools and then, and then um, get, get people learning to ride, learning about the Lord, but, but, um, and then uh, it, it, it helps them in every area of their life. And so I just want to say, on the, on the video there, it said um, the rodeo preacher. Now, I wasn't always a rodeo preacher. And, um, and I'll just go back a little bit. Um, you know, I, I was brought up in church, and um, every Saturday night I'd go to the, you know, the church service and go for 55 minutes, and, and I'd sit there and I'd ride every, every steer and every calf, and I'd just ride them all in my mind until the service was over, and then I'd go. And anyway, uh, but you know, something happened inside. I, I, was a belie I believed. I believed that there was a God. And I had knowledge that there was a God, but I didn't have knowledge that you could have a, a personal relationship with God. And it wasn't until um, down the track, until I was 19, I went to the Calgary Stampede and, and represented Australia. And, and while I was over there and, and the following year, people got beside me and told me about, about the Lord. And it was an amazing time. And, um, and then when I went to an, another big World Cup rodeo, they had some meetings there. And, and for the first time, I heard in a clear voice, you must be born again. You must receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Instead of knowing all about him, you must know him. And, you know, I accepted Jesus that day and everything changed. And I think about, I think about um, um, a, a scripture in... in um, in Isaiah, it says, Isaiah sensed that, that uh, though your sins be as scarlet, I can take them out and make you as fresh as freshly fallen snow. And that was, that was, that's how I felt after I, got, um, after I gave my life to the Lord. I felt forgiven. 
You know, I think about all the bad habits and the drinking and the, all the things that, that we did and got, got up to. And, and by the time that I received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, I felt dirty. I felt terrible. Um, my life was wrecked. But when I received Jesus, it all changed. And, 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 and you may be here tonight too and, um, and you might know all about God, but you might, you might feel you, you don't know him. And we're going to give you an opportunity later to know him. And, and I think that that's, that's one, of the, one of the, I mean, it is the greatest thing that you can do. And so the, the, after the World Cup rodeo, I said to the guy, now I hadn't been to any other churches. I hadn't been to churches that, that preached about being born again. I'd never been to one. And I, and I said to the guy, I said, can you send me some literature, literature back from the US, because he was a US preacher, can you send me some literature back and... Now, we're talking quite a few years ago, but in a couple of weeks' time, there was 50 tapes. Now, we don't have tapes anymore. Who's, who's, who's been playing cassette tapes lately? But anyway, we don't have cassette tapes anymore. But 50 tapes came. Uh, uh, four, sorry, 40 tapes came of, of all preaching. He must have, this guy must have thought, this guy needs a lot of help. And so, so he sent me at least 40 hours of preaching. And, you know, at the time I was travelling with some of the wildest people in the, on the face of the earth um, and I thought, what am I going to do about these guys? I want to hear this stuff. I want to grow. I want to, I want to know about God. And, you know, um, um, it, I, after I put about three of these tapes into my car, they're all gone. <laughs> they, they all left, you know, which was good <laughs> because then I could, you know, then I could... Um, um, hear the word of God for myself and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get in the car and I'd go from, you know, from where I lived at Tenerfield up to Biloela or somewhere and, and I'd listen to eight hours, um, one, one tape after another, like so eight hours of preaching on the way up and eight hours on the way back and I just, I just was so hungry for the things of God. God has just, um, just completely changed my life. But one of the tapes that, that, or one of the messages that I heard was on forgiveness and, um, and, and I, th- I thought, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I forgive everybody, you know, and stuff. And, um, and then all of a sudden I'm driving along and I'm thinking, I forgive everybody. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm good, you know. And then I remembered um, a few years before that I was riding a bull or getting on a bull down in a um, rodeo down in New South Wales. And um, you're familiar with a cattle prodder? That you, that you, it's, it's a battery-operated um, cattle prodder. It's electric cattle prodder kind of thing. And um, anyway, um, well, while I was getting on the bull, um, they, when I went to a school when I was younger, they said, when you're getting on, just, put your, just place your foot on their back and let them know that you're coming. And so I did that. Next thing, I got this hot shot or this, this cattle prodder straight up the behind. Now, we're not talking about ones with D-sized batteries this lady, lady, mind you, has got a, um, a motorbike battery, motorbike battery over her shoulder, hooked up to this thing. And she hit me with this thing and I spun around. I mean, if you're getting on a bull, you're already kind of, you know, there's things happening, there's adrenaline going. And, and I spun around and, and at, at 17 years old or, or whatever I was at, back at that time, and I, I would have started just swinging. But when I looked at who it was... I thought, there's a war that you don't start, <laughs> you know. <laughs> She'd already knocked one of my friends out at a rodeo. And so I thought, it's not only her, then, you, then you've got, you know, 
Then you've got the family. I'm not starting that war. But while I was driving along thinking about this forgiveness, I thought, I hate this person. I, and I'd just been saved. I just, you know, my life's changed and everything. And, and well within me was a hatred. I thought, I hate that person. You know, it was mainly because I couldn't do anything about it, mainly. But um, I just had a hatred for that person. And, you know, um, um, because of that, um, I, 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 at, at that time I just started to think and started to feel heavy about it. And then I kept listening to the tape about forgiveness or listening to the message about forgiveness and I thought, I know exactly what to do. I stopped the car, got out, and I said, Lord, I forgive this person. I asked you to forgive me for holding a grudge against her and I, I, and I totally released it from my heart. I tell you what, the whole world lifted off my shoulders. And, and that's how powerful um, um, walking in forgiveness is. We, we have to, when we get forgiven, we have to walk in forgiveness as well. Um, we, and, and not have any unforgiveness towards any others. And so, um, um, you know, I was, I was, it, re, it reminds me of a story in, in the Bible, in, um, in Matthew 18, and I'll just, just read the, the scriptures, um, because I think it's so important. I think we, we, we can come to church and we can give our life to the Lord and we can do all these things, but someone, who's, who's here that's never been hurt? Who's here that's never had someone do something terrible to you that you can't forgive or you, or you try and push it down and, and, and that? But I, I want to tell you tonight, the greatest thing, the greatest freedom is forgiveness. The greatest thing, if you can walk in total forgiveness towards everybody else, you are free and free indeed. And so um, in, um, in Matthew chapter 18, Peter, Peter asks the Lord, he says, how often should I forgive my brother and seven times, and, and Jesus says, um, I don't say seven times, but 70 times seven. And then he says a parable, and, and this is so important, and I think um, um, th this parable, it says, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents, so he owed him a lot. This is like me, I owed, I owed a debt I could not pay, and Jesus paid a debt he could not, that he did not owe, you know. And so I was like this person that owed that. But it says, verse 25, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I'll pay you all of it. And it says that Lord was... and. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him that debt. And I looked up the word loosed in there in the Greek and it says it let him off the hook. You know, let him off the hook. And so, um, you know, when we've got unforgiveness towards some, someone, we are hooked onto that person. We're on the hook with them. And, and here it says it let him off the hook. And that day when I got outside the car, I let her off, my, off the hook and I let myself off the hook. And, I, and my life was never the same. And it says, um, uh, but the same servant went out and found his fellow servant, which owed him a, a hundred pence, so not very much at all. And this is, this is what we do. We get saved, we get forgiven for so much, and then we find someone else that owes us a little bit. And it says, um, I owed him a hundred pence. He laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. The fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you all of it. And he would not, but cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
When his fellow servants saw what was done, they were sorry and came and told to their Lord that which was done. Then his Lord, after had called him, said, O you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me to. Should not you have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? The Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due. The next verse is the key verse. Verse 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do to you if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother. It says we'll be in the hands of the tormentors. And I, 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 I say this tonight, you know, if we can, if we can get a hold of this, just like, just like the knowledge of how to ride these bulls and all this kind of stuff, you, you can go a long way quickly. You can live a good life if you get the knowledge. And, um, you know, the word says that, we, um, we, that, a lack, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So if we don't have knowledge about this, we'll, it can really destroy us. And so um, um, it says, verse 35 again, it says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do to you, do, if you... From your hearts, forgive not everyone his brother. What will he do? Put in the hands of the tormentors. And so, um, and, and I, was, I was thinking about this, this scripture here. I was working in a shop down, in, down, at, down home there. And, um, and, and <clears throat> anyway, I was only a Christian for a really short time then. And, um, and I'm listening to all, you know, reading all these scriptures and all this kind of stuff because I'm listening to stuff eight hours a day. I mean, I'm, I'm wanting it. You know, when I drank, I drank all day. You know what I mean? Um, so when I became a Christian, I just 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 like just like wanted alcohol. Now I want the Spirit of God. I want I want the things of God. I want the Word of God. I want everything that has got quickly. And so um, anyway, um, I was I was working in this shop there, and with, with a young guy. And I was telling everybody about Jesus. So I was telling him about Jesus and that. And he's about he was about sixteen, and um, and I was I was only um, twenty two. And so, anyway, um, <clears throat> or I might have been a little bit older than 22, but, but and so I'm telling him about the Lord and all this kind of stuff. Then, then um, all of a sudden, one day his mother rings up and says, could you come to the house quickly? My, my, um, my husband's really, really sick. Could you come to, you know, come and, um, and speak to him? So I was, got on good with the boss, so I went up at lunchtime and, and went in and, and saw him. Now, um, when I went in and saw him, I found out real quick what was wrong? And um, he said um, he was in a, he was in a church um, um, denomination where you weren't allowed to have a TV in the house. And so he had a TV and he, he put it in the garage for this for this guy that I was his son that he was working that I was working with. And so because the church found out about that, they didn't excommunicate him from the church, but they said you cannot take communion anymore in the church. You can't do this. You can't do that because we found out. You know that you've got a TV in the house. Now this is a small thing, but he said it was like a 303 went off inside him. It was like a shotgun, like a like a blast. Now he'd been in World War Two. He was a tough person. He'd never been in hospital in his life, and um, and here um, he's really sick. And and he said it was like a you know like a a shotgun went off inside me when they when they when the church went against me. And so um, I, I said to him, um, because I've been reading this stuff, and I said, what you have to do, you have to forgive them. And he said, I will not forgive them. And I mean, he was, I mean, he's a big, strong person. I thought I'd better watch, watch myself, you know. Um, but he said, I will not forgive them. And, um, but before that, he, he'd been sent up to Brisbane 
to the Green Slopes Hospital, which is just down the road, and, um, and they'd open him right up because they didn't know what was wrong with him. And so, so um, they'd sent him back, and, and here I was talking to him. They couldn't find a thing wrong with him, but he's really sick. He's just, you know, I mean, he can hardly move. And he says, I will not forgive them. And I, and I told him all the scriptures in the world that I knew about forgiveness. And, and I said, you know, about this, this is what the word of God says and all this kind of stuff. Well, well anyway, um, and I went back to the butcher shop and back to the shop where I was working. And, and, um, and so, so later on, um, um, I found out that they sent him back to Brisbane and they opened him right up again. They thought he had ulcers. They thought he had, thought he had something else going wrong. And they couldn't find anything again. And, and then um, one day I was at the, at, at the, at the shop and that, and, he, and, and this young guy's mother rang and said, could you come quickly? And so I, you know, like I said, I got on good with the boss, so I just got in the car and went up to their house. When I walked into the house, you've got to remember I'm a young Christian. I'm full of zeal, but I don't know anything much, and I'm, um, except that I know what the word of God says. When I walked into the house, she said, can you, can you bury people? And my heart sank, <laughs> you know. I don't like funerals at all myself. I don't like the idea, you know what I mean? I, I, and I, I thought all I could see was now I'm going to have to do the funeral for this person. He's, he's, but she, she said um, he's, he's so sick and I thought he's alive, <laughs> you know. I, I thought she said he's so, so sick, can you do funerals? That's how bad he was. When I walked in there, I said to him, look, um, you... Um, you know, started talking to him and stuff, and he started to say, look, I'm, you know, could you take my son out to the farm and could you do this and that? He was shutting down. He was finished. And, and, and I started to share with him the word of God again, share with him about, about how, how much forgiveness will change this. It will change the situation. And, I, and, then I, and then I thought about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit will help us pray. I said, what about um, the Holy Spirit? He said, we don't... We don't talk about the Holy Spirit in the church, but I said, the Holy Spirit, and I told him about the scripture, Jesus said, I'll send you another help of the Holy Spirit and he'll help you. I said, would you like me to pray that the Holy Spirit will help you forgive these people? And he said, yes, I'll do that. And, and, and I, I um, led him in a prayer that the Holy Spirit would help him forgive these people. You know? And you could tell, I mean, he's, he's right at his last. This is his only chance. And so he, he, prayed, he prayed after me, he prayed that the Holy Spirit would, would help him forgive, these, um, forgive the church. Now, I didn't see him, for, I went away for a while, I went up north, and I didn't see him for about six months, didn't hear a thing. And I came back down there, and it was Anzac Day. And I'm just standing there with the kids, we always go, watch, watch the Anzac March and, and that, just in the, in the street and that. And I'm just, just watching all the, you know, the returned soldiers come back home and... and, um, and you know, as, as I'm looking there, all of a sudden I see this man walking down the street full of medals, totally healed. He was totally healed. And um, as, soon as, as soon as that unforgiveness um, got out of his heart, his, his health came back and, and all of a sudden he was totally healed. And I just praise God for the power of, of, um, the power of forgiveness and, and how, you know, it, it'll change everything. We, we, and straight away he was out of the hands of the tormentors and, and, and his life just came back into his, into his spirit. And I want to just say this tonight, that you, you might be like that. Everybody's been hurt. I've been hurt. But I can tell you this, I take short accounts. Every day 
I pray, Lord, for, forgive us our trespasses as forgive my trespasses, forgive my sins as I forgive others. And I forgive this person, I forgive that person. And I can tell you um, from the bottom of my heart, there is no unforgiveness in my spirit whatsoever. And, and, and if we can walk in that, there's such a freedom. There's such a freedom to do, to do what, whatever possible. And, um, you know, when, when back, back in the, the COVID days, you know, and we don't want to talk about the COVID days too much, but, you know, I was driving a harvester up in, uh, up in Kingaroy and um, I'd watch all the stuff about, you know, this is that and this leader's saying this and all this kind of stuff and whatever you want to believe about all that, that's all right. But, but the thing is, what was happening was, because I had so much time to listen to it, um, every time I'd hear something, I'd get madder and madder about it, <laughs> you know, about, about the, how, you know, how terrible it was, the things that they were doing, how unfair things seemed to be to me. And, and I, was, I can remember getting out of the harvester. This is only two years ago. I mean, I've been a Christian for a long time now. But if you, if you dwell on something long enough, even though I'm a person that forgives everybody, and, but you hear the wrong thing enough, um, you know, just like faith comes by hearing, fear and anxiety and all these things, unforgiveness will come by hearing. Anyway, I got out of the harvester one day and I'm literally sh almost shaking. And I thought, this is no good. And I, re I remembered, a, remembered a scripture um, back here. And um, um, <clears throat> this, this scripture here, it says this. It says, um, um, let me see. <clears throat> um, it says, uh, pra let me see. Yeah. Okay, but I say to you, which, which, um, you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. But you know, I turned around and I started praying for the nation, I started praying for the, for the people, I started praying for those people, those people that I was getting such a kind of a, you know, what's the name about, I started to pray for those people, call them by name, and I pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in this person's life, in that person's life, and all of a sudden, everything changed around. It'll change around because you start to pray for them that, that, that um, despitefully use you. And, and I, was, I was thinking about um, some of the, um, some of the I, I looked up some of the sayings on, for, on unforgiveness. And, and one, the first one is unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. It's an... The next one was, unforgiveness is like taking poison but expecting someone else to die, you know. And then um, the next one I had was, it's, it's not always the snake that bit you that kills you, it's chasing the snake that bit you that drives the venom to the heart. And think about those things. Think about um, if, if, we could, if we, we're forgiven... And if you don't know if you're forgiven, we're going to give you a chance to know that before you walk out. Before you walk out those doors, we're going to give you a chance to know that you've been forgiven. Every sin, doesn't matter how bad you feel, it's been forgiven. But my prayer tonight is that, that as you walk out that door, that you can, you, can, you can let people free from your heart, release them from your heart. Release those people that have hurt you and you'll be released from the cell. You'll be released from, from those things and you can go on and live a, a free life. And I think, about, I think about, um, about what it says about... This is what Jesus said himself. In John 14.30, John 14.30 says this in, in the Amplified. 
I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this world, Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything that he can use against me. You know why? I believe because he had no unforgiveness. Remember, and, and um, Jesus, and, and then the King James Version says, Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. And I believe when we walk in, a, in total forgiveness towards, when we're forgiven and we walk in total forgiveness towards others, that the devil has nothing in us. He has nothing on us. He has nothing over us. And that's such a, that's such a, powerful, a powerful thing. And, um, and Jesus is our example. As he hung on the cross giving his life for the sins of the very people that put him there, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He walked in that, in that total forgiveness. And, and, and that's my prayer tonight is if, that you walk in that, in that forgiveness. So if you'll just turn around and open your heart and say, Lord, I forgive such and such. I forgive this person. I forgive that person. And when you do, you'll be set free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so um, I just want to um, just to give you an opportunity now to, um, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, and be forgiven yourself. And, and, um, and I shared this the last two services, but I'll share, I'll share it again on, on, um, on this. But, but you know, um, you might be sitting there today and you don't, you don't know if, if you died, if you'd go to heaven. And, um, you know, you, you, might be at the, you might have come here tonight and you might have thought, this is the last place I'm coming to. Um, and I might take my own life. You, might, you, it, you know, there might be a hundred different things while you're here tonight. But, but what, I want, what I want you to, to know is that, that, um, that Jesus loves you and God died for you and, and God wants to reach into your heart tonight. And, what, and what, what I want to do is just where you're sitting there, I, w- I want you to pray and receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. And, and there's two reasons for that. You know, when I, was at, when, when I gave my life to the Lord, I was around friends. Was only, it was a small group of people, and I mightn't have walked to the front. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with walking to the front. I think it's great if you can. I would never have walked to the front, but I was born again right where I sat. And, and I want to give you the opportunity. That's number one. Number two is I want everybody in this room to pray because um, you don't know if the person beside you, down the row, if, if this is their night to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And this is a training time. This is a time that you can learn how to lead someone to the Lord. Because you might be the last person on the earth that meets somebody and you need to be able to lead them to the Lord. And, I, and my brother one, and this is what I was going to share was, my brother um, one day, um, back, back um, quite a few years ago, um, it, I was, at, a, I was at, a, at the farm down, down where we used to live and all of a sudden I could hear this motorbike coming. And I mean, he is battering coming along. He'd have been doing 160, 180 kilometres an hour towards me. And um, along this dirt road and stuff, and he just, you know, and he pulled up, and he said these words. He said, he said, my marriage has failed. He said, if you can't help me, he said, I'll get this bike and I'll, I'll turn this handle and I'll ride it straight through the trees. And you know, um, and I could see in his eyes that's exactly what he's going to do. And you know, I'm the last person that he's going to talk to on the face of the earth. And if I haven't got an answer for him, we're in big trouble. And, um, but I just praise God that, that, that I was able to be equipped enough and knew enough about the word of God to, to share with him and share with him what he needed and bring him the answers that he needed. And so I, I, he said, I said, well, I said, you can't handle your life anymore. He said, I know that. And I said, he said, what will I do? I said, 
get off the bike. <laughs> I thought that's, a, that's the first thing, get off the bike. And so he got off the bike. And I, I, said, I said, I want you to pray this prayer after me and receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. He, he prayed word for word after me, received Jesus as Lord and Saviour right where he stood. He said, what will I do now? I said, you need to be baptised in water. And um, it was getting dark. And, and I, I said, what do I do? how do I do that? Now, I'm not taking him to any church. I mean, he's a wild follower. I'm, you know, there's no, there's, the church is not ready for him yet. And so, so I said, I'll, I'll meet you down underneath the bridge, which was only about two or three k's from where we lived, and I'll baptise you in the morning. Well, I went down there um, the next morning at the time we, we organised and baptised him in water. That was 25 years ago. And, and, and I spent yesterday with him. And, and, and we're greatest friends. He walks with the Lord 25 years later. He's, he's alive and well. You know, instead of going to the um, cemetery and seeing him, um, I, I, see, I see what God did in his life. He, God completely changed him, and God will change you tonight. And so I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and if you're there and you, you've never received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, um, you, you pray this prayer out aloud. And if you, if you have received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, um, you pray it out aloud too for that person that's beside you. You get used to it. You get used to leading someone to the Lord. You use, get used to the prayer, or, and it's not a certain prayer, it's just a certain, it's, it's a prayer to invite Jesus into your life. So just, just pray out aloud and pray, pray after me. So Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and I ask you, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that as many as received him, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you gave them the power to become the children of God. I thank you that I'm now your child and I'll serve you all the days of my life. I'm totally forgiven and totally washed clean tonight in Jesus' name. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And, you know, um, one of the things that's really, really important, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. And so if you've prayed that prayer and you know in your heart that this is what I've been looking for. When I was at, at that place, I knew, I knew that I knew this is, this is my day. If this is your day today and you've, you've prayed that for the first time, and you've met it in your heart, I just want you to just lift, your, lift your hand up wherever you're sitting and then sit it back down again. Just lift your hand up, raise it up, and then put it back down. Just to acknowledge that Jesus is now Lord of your life. I can't really see back in there because it's dark, but I, wanted, I want you just to know this, that Jesus came into people's lives tonight. There's more, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over the 99 that don't need repentance. The other thing, um, just while you're sitting there, I want you to think about, I want you to really think about the, about the people that have hurt you. And I want you to, to think about their names and I want you to, to, to under, even under your breath, just say, Lord Jesus, I forgive that person. I forgive that person that walked away. I forgive that person that, that, that hurt me so bad. I forgive that person. I release that person from my heart. And I want to walk in, in, in total freedom tonight. And as you do that, 
I believe that God is going to change that whole situation and God is going to set you free. In Jesus' name. So I just want to um, give you, um, I want to th- thank you if you can look up now and I want to just um, thank you for taking the time to, um, to, to listen this tonight and, um, and I don't know if we close in prayer or what we do, but do you know, Joe? Yeah. Here he is. But here's, here's the boss behind me. But, but I just want to um, thank you. I've had a wonderful day. And, um, and, and I just want to know that Jesus loves you and you've got an awesome church. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks, Tim. It's been awesome just having Tim sharing all day today. But it's true what he shared. It's the greatest decision, the greatest decision you can ever make is to ask God to be Lord and Saviour of your life. And actually, we've got some, um, you know, Bible packs here as well. Maybe you don't have a Bible or you just um, like to grab one of those. There's some more information in there as well about what it looks like to journey with God and to have a relationship with Him. So you're welcome to grab one of those. They're down the front, but I think we've got some out in our foyer area as well. Uh, You can grab one when you leave. But it'd be great just to worship and honour our great God. I'm just going to invite you to just jump up on your feet if you're able to do that. And... uh, we're just going to give praise and honour to our great King. I just want to pray. Actually, you know what? We should pray for Tim too. And so why don't we just pray now as well uh, for Tim and the work that uh, uh, God's doing through him. And we just pray that he'll see much fruit as well in and through uh, his ministry too. So Lord, we're just together now as well. We just want to pray for Tim. We thank you for him. Thanks for coming and just... just the way you spoke through him this very day into our hearts. And we just pray for him and we ask, Lord, that you continue to use him in a mighty way. Uh, Father God, the plan and the purpose you have in store for him as he runs those classes, Lord, we just pray you touch many, many uh, hearts, Father, and that he'll see many more young people come to faith in you. And uh, we know that there's rejoicing in heaven when just even one comes to know you, great God. So we just pray for many more testimonies to flow uh, through the way that you use his life, great God. So we thank you, Lord, and we honour you, and we just want to worship you now in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship our great God.